from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Eric Atano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is a podcast where each week Jeff and I talk about the greatest hits of the 90s and 80s. The greatest hits of the 80s, 90s today. Yay, welcome all to all my fantasy children. Check, check, check. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got Aaron in the J, man. Coming to you live from the All Fantasy Children Studios. Yeah, right. Where, where is that located? <laughs> um, that is located in, I guess, Mount Holly. I yeah, guess Mount Holly, be- New Jersey. Coming at you live from All My Fantasy Children. So, Jeff, uh, any cool snack stories from this week? Snack time. Snack time. Snack time. Snack time. You know, I got some cool snack stories in the snack file for you. Snack file. Snack file. This is all gold. <laughs> what? Do we, do we have a like? This is a show where we take characters and prompt. Uh, <laughs> like, let me see if J Man can bring it on back to what our show is actually about. This is a show where we take your Twitter prompts, tweet, 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 and we turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game characters. Dice rolling sound effect, but I don't have my dice in front of me. Clack, 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 clack. Yes, that is exactly what we do every week. We take a listener prompt and we create them into a, and we birth them into and we forge them into a beautiful tabletop character so this week do we prompt this week aaron yes the prompt to us j-man comes from twitter user dharma punks kayla oberlin and the prompt is in a dystopic is it dystopic yes in a dystopic cityscape a half-orc artificer monitors the arcane tech that keeps things afloat that's cool as hell i love that that's cool as hell i have a motherfucking thought about this. All right. All right, Jeff. I want you to look up at the sky. Do you see the blue? Do you see the sun? No, because I'm in my bedroom. I see a ceiling fan. Oh, well. Uh, there's a lot of cat hair on my ceiling fan because I don't really get up there to clean it very often. That's okay. Now we know where your cat grimy. goes to climb. So I want you to <laughs> imagine that your ceiling is made of glass. Okay. I want you to peer into that blue and then keep going, Jeff. What's past the blue? It's kind of cloudy out. Okay. <laughs> past the clouds. <laughs> uh, well, that would be the stars in the sky. Jeff, the homeworld of Orcus, the orc homeworld, has yeah. been destroyed, unfortunately, yes. by the Space Arade Corporation. Yep, yep, yep. Now, Jeff, what if not all the orcs were destroyed by that? If they were in a city, a world-sized, a city-sized space station, like a flotilla, and they cruise the cosmos looking for a new home. I love that. I do love that. Before we keep going, this is, this is my whole idea. Orcs, in not the traditional sense, where it's like basically what Lord of the Rings is, what if Orcus was a pretty aquatic planet? They are adapt at land, but most happy when in the sea. Okay. So what I'm basically throwing at you is, what if orcs, when they ultimately arrive on fantasy in their flotilla, establish their city in the water, and they're basically like Guild Zora type people from Legend of Zelda. That's really that's that's super interesting. I'm very into that because I hate uh, I hate traditional orc. Not into sure, it. Sure, sure. So what if they were like Guild, like Water World, but more of what's your favorite sea creature? Uh, I am a really big fan of. Um, hmm, I don't actually know that land. Are they called lantern fish? Is that the name of the fish with the light on its head? And you fight it in Mega Man 3? 2? You fight it in the Bubble Man level? 
by the power of Google. They are called anglerfish. Anglerfish. They're horrifying. I love anglerfish. They're so okay. neat looking. They're so terrifying and neat looking. And they've got a little lantern on their heads. So let's combine this. Because okay. my one of my favorite sea creatures is a uh, blah, 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 blah. is like a manta ray. Okay. So what if it was like a manta ray, but with like a little light up bobble dangling off their head? And face, in face, but like bipedal. Well, hold, okay. Let me let me let me take this idea and throw you a different idea. Because right now we're going. We're hi hi folks. Right now we're in the new people forge where we're we're going to take a twist on an old classic, and we got to figure out how to do that. So let's make an orc. Let's throw. Let me throw some things at you. Yeah. What if that's what their flotilla looks like? Is oh! like a manta ray with a giant lantern. <laughs> but like, so as far as orcs, I kind of want there to be a visual. I have a visual reference. Yes. The thing about orcs that is really important to me in terms of their whole aesthetic is the like the tusks. I'm a big oh, fan hell of. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like the orc tusks. Yes. And so uh, I would like to pitch to you: What if orcs? had their tusks okay but like sort of facially speaking like they were sort of based on like maybe a seal or a sea lion sorry i didn't mean to pause this is an image okay so like a they're like sea lion creatures is what you're saying yeah like um, like if you look at the sea like i well this is kind of why i'm really jazzed by the idea of like aquatic orcs is because like you look at the aesthetic of an orc, and then you look at like uh like a like these aquatic mammals. They're very similar in design. I really dig this, Jeff. So I love the idea of an amphibious of an amphibious orcs, and I love the I'm all about their flotilla like landing in the ocean. Yes, and them just setting this up as like their city. Yes, that one day, uh, a spacecraft fucking you know pierces what I'm assuming is an atmosphere. <laughs> and fantasy and sees the ocean and is like perfect lands there right mm-hmm. because it's like and it's like oh my god there's water here like water water let's do this and they sort of set up like an atlantis yeah i'm into that no i love that awesome so what is the city so it's what's it called new orcus or just orcus i am down with i love just orcus yeah so they set up orcus which is in the water so, if they call it Orca, is that too far? Yeah, I think it's a little too far. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Feel free to scrap that. Feel free to cut that line then. No, I want them to know how the creative <laughs> process works. Or if we name it Orca, I do have ideas for the use of Orca though. Okay. So, back to the prompt: a half orc artificer. And tell me again what an artificer is. And for listeners at home who might not know, that's that's an what artificer I really mean. is one who makes artifacts. Uh, in Dungeons and Dragons terms, it's someone that like infuses objects with magic. They're sort of the uh, the magical equivalent of a scientist. Mm. If you picture in like um, pop culture, you could say like an artificer is. It's basically the fantasy version of a mad scientist. So a lot of times the artificers that you see are sort of, uh, if you were big in Magic the Gathering, like uh, your Ezra's, Urza the Planewalker, or... um, Just so you know, listeners, he is talking to you, because I have literally never held a magic card in my hand. (laughs) uh, I'm trying to think of, like, other, like... it's a very D and D concept because it is literally just a mad the the sort of mad scientist trope. Yes, but like applied to fantasy. So like the people the the examples that I would point to are all scientists from other genres. Your Doc Browns, your Rick Sanchez's, your various other characters like that. Okay, what this that is very important to me. Because the rest of the prompt is monitors the arcane arcane tech that keeps things afloat. So we established that in our in our world, in our universe, uh the five have created all planets. You know what I mean? And then they just mm-hmm. kind of like stopped at fantasy, they shit the bed and you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. So basically, if all this space travel is basically fueled by magic, mm-hmm. it's all arcane. So this half orc artificer 
keeps the flotilla afloat, has basically crafted the flotilla or the technology used for this flying city that has now that floats i'm assuming on the surface of uh the water right i yeah i think it's uh it's a it kind of submerges at times it's up it's down it's but it largely like floats on the water yeah yeah cool so it floats in the water and this technology keeps it afloat keeps the city keeps the ship the city thriving keeps it going you know what i mean keeps power running give me a give me a roll for pronouns real quick yes please she. Okay. Let me give, let me pitch you an idea. What if she doesn't design the technology, but she, up, she is the, um, person kind of designated to upkeep it? Oh, fuck yes. So, oh, like, that's so like, good. Because if, if they had a city sized spaceship. Yeah. That says to me that they were, that this is a larger, like, this probably isn't the only spaceship out there. Oh, wait. So there's they, more orc flotilla? Like there's more ships out there. Got it. There's got like if I I don't. So there was enough technology like around that I think that's probably the case. So how many do you think? Like is this like the size of a major for us like a major city, or is it small? A uh, small city. Okay. So still large enough to be a city, but not necessarily, uh, not like a a metropolis. Okay, I, I I dig this. I dig this, and it's and it can be. It gives it room to grow as well. Yeah, because they are of course going to have the Optimus Prime like beaming out among the stars. You know what I mean to other mm-hmm. Transformers out there to come that we found a they found a new cozy place. Well, no. What if they don't? Oh fuck! God, these twists and turns. Like like think about the idea that like they find this place, but what if? Almost not even necessarily maliciously or intentionally. What if they just lack the ability to call back out? Ooh, okay. No, no, I love that. Oh, because, ooh, you just gave me an idea for the quest, Jeff. All right. It, you, you know what I mean? If you found a world that is very hospitable and friendly toward mm-hmm. orcs, which are, you know, they've been, it ain't been easy out there for orcs, you know, in right. our in our universe. So if you found a place that's ballin', you would want to call everybody. You know what I mean? And be like, guys, there's a fucking spot that we can set up, and it's amazing. Hold on. Someone's losing their mind in my hallway. Okay. So is the quest of this half-orc artificer to build the technology to call out to the stars, or is it just to keep this city going? You know what I mean? Or is this just like, this is just a mechanic. This is just an everyday citizen, not the hero of the orcs. I actually kind of love that. And I think, well, I think what's interesting about this character, I, what I love about the idea that, that she's not necessarily the hero and that she's kind of in charge, she is sort of just keeping it afloat, is there's that's kind of its own quest. Yeah. Is like, you know, she ha- she is kind of, okay, yeah, I think I've got, I've got a real good hook. I like, give me. They're floating in this, they've found this new home, right? Mm-hmm. Her quest is to figure out a way to, like, manage, transform this transportation vessel. Yeah. Into a city that oh, will be here forever. Oh, smart. And, like, Very basically, smart. basically she is building her, by keeping the city afloat, and by finding ways, and by operating all of this machinery, and by, like, engineering solutions... She is quite literally building their future. Do you want to say this is the head engineer or on a team of engineers? De facto head of engineering. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, what I'm picturing is, um, she basically, like, as they were hurtling, as they were, like, exploring, she was not originally the head engineer. I think there's a whole, there's a whole story there, right? Yeah, um, it, it's exactly, like, yes, because if this was on, this was not planned, they had no, there, there was no, you know, they had a, if we discover a world set up, but I think, these jobs were given out like last minute like in engineering you got to figure out how to make this into a city right Uh, you know agriculture you have to learn how to grow plants that we can digest on this planet it's sort of last minute and there's sort of not a desperation but it's these jobs were given out of necessity 
Yeah, you know, and the, I think the interesting thing is they is that like there's almost two distinct phases, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the ship is called the flotilla. Fuck yeah! Uh, while on board the flotilla, when it was a spaceship, they had to Orcus go. Orcus, you know, is destroyed. It's gone. Suddenly, on this, what I picture as an exploratory vessel or a science vessel or something to that effect. So it's got all of these resources that they could they could theoretically turn into like uh, life or like life supporting systems. Yeah, but that's not a, that's not a home. You can't right. you can't just keep going in the energon. But like there there's almost this first phase of like Orcus blows up is destroyed. As far as the flotilla knows, we're all that's left. Um... We have to now build our spaceship into where we live for possibly forever. I love it. So it's a team of, do you want to say a team of researchers who then yeah, have to sure. be basically start, they have to build, uh, they have to build a city together. People who are relatively unprepared for this. They have to not only build a city, but they also have to build a society. Like they yes. have to basically like figure out, well, if we're, if we're, if this is, if we, if we're it, how do like what are our law like do we follow the same laws do we make it better yes oh my and god so, but then there's this whole other like twist in the formula where then they find a place that can support them and has oceans for them to live in and swim in and then they land and suddenly it's like all of these things that we thought were going to have to happen like among ourselves as the sole survivors of this suddenly that's no longer necessarily the case now we have to figure out like so they had to go from, like, survival mode, right? Like, they're just getting by. Now they have the question of, like, what do we want beyond that? Where do we go for- if we can have anything, where do we go from here? Okay, this is super amazing. But a half-orc artificer who monitors the arcane tech that keeps them afloat. This is an engineer. Her name is what? I'm trying to think of her name. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think of exactly where I want to, to the story to go next. Because I think we're at an interesting place. What's a me- engineering name? Can her... N- <laughs> is her name Gadget? It is now. Fuck yeah. <laughs> From, was that, Tailspin? Mm-hmm. All right, so Gadget... Gadget is a half order artificer. Okay, so an artificer. Let's talk about the mad scientist role before we decide the major fate of Orcus in fantasy. Let's build up uh, kind of what her role is, and then maybe that'll that'll fit the needs of like where we go next with yeah, the sure, story. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so, good. So Gadget is an artificer. She is using basically magic. She is a magically creating tech that they need that keeps things afloat, both the city literally floating and also the needs of the developing city. Okay. What does that entail? You know, is it like they're building homes? You know, because obviously they have to expand the space station behind, beside like crew quarters. That's, a, you know? yeah. And I think that's, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it's definitely like, what does our living – what do we want our living situation to look like now? I have an idea for one of the tech that she creates. Okay. If you aren't going to go up in terms of architecture from your floating uh, ship, you know, that's just chilling mm-hmm. on the surface of the water, what direction could you go? Jeff, she – does Gadget – Figure out the best way to make underwater homes. I love to that. To expand That's the cool city downward and to actually create like an underwater civilization. Yes. Because the top is, of course, like the top is friendly for everyone to visit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody can hang out there, but like a place where orcs can have, like you said before, if this is paradise, that means that this world offers everything that this, uh, that this culture could ever want. And that might mean that the underwater aspect is everything they could ever want. Like on Orcus, it could have been an aquatic planet, but not like everybody swimming on the surface. It's like, was it underneath the surface of water? So if Gadget, Gadget, what's Gadget's last name? This is going to drive me crazy. Her name is Terry Gadget. Oh, shit. 
Oh, God, Wokus, that's so Wokus. good. No, that's so good. Yeah, Tom. and here's Wokus, here's why. <laughs> What's the other character's name that we've met from this culture? Johnny. <gasps> it's Johnny Orca. <laughs> You're right. So, so it's, it's just Terry. Terry Gadget. Terry Gadget. Okay, so Terry. Terry, I love you already. So Terry is a... Br- okay, let's talk about Terry's history. So now that we've decided that Terry builds an underwater... Uh, it basically breaks out the tech for underwater civilization and fantasy. You know, for really, like, laying the groundwork for, like, how this is going to work. Because mm-hmm. she may be... And in terms of engineering, does she craft, like, the elevator? Yeah. Maybe that's that was the key of, like... I know we can get down there, but it's like, how do we... Because, hmm, what is it that she makes? Is that not important? She, I don't think it's so important what, like, the specifics of what she makes, but I like the idea. But it's, like, big picture, right? It's like, she does... She makes habitat for them, like, under the water. I love it. She builds, like, transportation and, like, ways to transport goods underwater without them crushing, cr- being crushed by pressure. Okay. She builds all of those kinds, like, she, not by herself, but she kind of leads that team and becomes kind of the architect of the world, so to speak. Like, she is designing all of these things and working with people and, like, like building this space out. Can I give you her history that I that just came to me when you said that, though? Yeah, absolutely. So, Orcus. We know yeah. from our Johnny Orco episode that there is an Orkai, you know, that there is a higher education, that there are training, and, you know, there's vocations and things like that. I think that Terry is, a, is really snappy, really smart, really quick, did not have the formal training of an engineer, but was brought on board as sort of like, you know, just... Just like a wrench turner, you know, sort of manual labor, not the actual laying down the blueprints. You know, it wasn't given the chance. Was mm-hmm. sort of not, was sort of just a laborer, a blue collar crew member, you know? Mm-hmm. Terry Gadget was the person you called if the bolt was loose, if, you know, the temperature was running hot on this arcane engine, you know, but Terry maybe, no, not Terry maybe. So Terry though, has a capacity for problem solving, for computing, just not the proper credentials. And I think when this happened, when the flotilla hits the water, and, you know, it's sort of like those don't matter anymore, like the piece of paper hanging in the frame doesn't really matter when everyone's delegating roles and, all right, what's your strong suit? What's your this? I think it was kind of shown by Terry that she had probably... She did have one of the highest, you know, understandings of engineering and mechanical processes and how things work and how to break things down and how to solve these problems and how to build. Right. You know what she, I mean? She, I don't even know if it's necessarily, yeah, yeah. She just, she knew the machines, you know, yeah. she had worked on them and she knew them in that particular way that somebody that works like directly on machines knows the machines so yes. it's not just it's not just that i know that if i take the bat like that the a battery goes into here to power these things it's that i also know that like this flashlight there's a fuse up towards the top that sometimes gets knocked out of the place so you just gotta like you gotta jostle it a little bit yes. it might flicker when you first turn it on but like it's working you just kind of have to shake it this is a tinkerer. Like, her room, yeah. I'm seeing, has, like, drawers filled with parts. And she's, like, if she's not working on a small project or a large project, she will go crazy. It's, that's what I'm seeing, like, the, the, the artificer is, is if you were to go in her room, there are things that are crafted in her little quarters. Like, maybe a small robot, you know, maybe a, a laser cannon, but it's things that are like marvels where if anybody were to find these, they'd be like, holy shit, you're like the most brilliant engineer. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's really not that complicated if you know, insert tons of engineering jargon. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I love this character. So she figures out the problem. She solves the problem of how do we expand downward? If we have this resource of this vast ocean, how do we get the most out of it? Mm-hmm. So she figures mm-hmm. it out. Now what? What is what is the quest? You know, what is there left? Now uh, this is this is where I go in a particular direction because uh, okay. I I definitely have an idea of what comes next. All right, and I definitely uh, this is also where I reveal that like I 
consistently find myself a little bit past uh the pop culture moment, so to speak. Okay. Do you know what I finally uh dived headfirst into recently? What? Have you heard there's this uh this musical on Broadway? It's about this it's called Hamilton? Oh god. Have you heard of this? I I have indeed. <laughs> it is one of the greatest scores ever in. Hi everyone. My name's Aaron. I have a fucking master's degree in fucking theater and I know way too many show tunes. So yes, I am very familiar with uh not throwing away my shot. Have so, you wait, you wait. Time I listened out. to it. I you listened to it when it fucking listened to this. I I don't know. No, I listened to it when it came out and I loved it and then mm-hmm. like I moved I guess I I guess I've rediscovered it. I guess okay, I Okay, no, that's say. totally fair. I have recently as well. Like I listened to it again for the first time. Like I listened to it all the way through. And then now that I have spot like I upgraded my Spotify. Oh yeah, now this guy's the limit, baby. It, I re-listened to it all the way through and was like, this fucking... And then I found the particular tracks that I'm like, God, Yorktown fucking rules. Yorktown does rule. Yorktown's so good. So, like, I've rediscovered it and it's been on my mind recently. Okay. I guess is more accurate to say. Hey, that's fine. So, I think that the question then... The quest then becomes... The next part of the quest is like, okay, we've built we've built our city. Oh. Now we have to build our society. Oh. And it becomes, you know, Alexander Hamilton, like, building a financial system. Like, suddenly the problem for Gadget, for Terry, suddenly the problem for Terry is that she's no longer, like, now she has to kind of engineer, or she has, yeah, she has to engineer and be present as they engineer things that are not machines, but that are structures. Oh, fuck! So, and it's like, she has to, and she, it's not her forte. She, she doesn't, she doesn't really relate to people in that kind of way, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, ta- I, I do, yes I do. But like, so, but she has to be in these rooms because she has to, she has to be the person that understands, like, if we, if we set this up as our system of law and order, how is that going to impact the ways in which we live and the technologies that we rely on in order to live? So she has to kind of become the person of like, the person of like, well, if we go down this road, then that's going to mean X, Y, and Z are going to change. She's like the secretary of technology. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the chief it, yeah. officer. She's the CTO. Yes. Of if this were a company. Which is dope. Oh my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> so, Jeff, what was that game where you could roll to see what a civilization was like? Do you remember we did it for the one episode? We decided that one's like an oligarchy. One's oh, like... yeah, I'll pull it up. Okay. Because now we got a new fucking... We got a new city. And I think that'll help us figure out what the... Everything is going great. You know, Terry Gadget has built this underwater technology that allows them to expand under the waves and, you know, really recapture Orcus until or, you know, therefore. Uh, that would be Stars Without Number by Kevin Crawford, which is all, which is, which is appropriate because that is what we use to uh-huh. all of our sci-fi games. Yeah. Roll me a 12-sided dice. No problem. Three. Three is democracy. Perfect. All right. So it's a democracy. It, okay. Okay. What if, though, Jeff, that it's not in the traditional way that, like, we're going to craft a culture where there's, like, has to be. What if it is a collective, like, it's just a collective think tank? It's a group of minds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is, this, is a, this is a society. Not really a society. This is just a group of people, like, trying to get by. Mm-hmm. Trying to, like, make life better for themselves. So as opposed to thinking of this as like, you know, we're going to create this kingdom. It's just like, y'all, we just got to set up a place where we can ball out, where we can have like a great time. It's almost a a technocracy. If I remember correctly what a technocracy is. Let me look that up because it oh, is an option in the book. Sounds fucking real good. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a technocracy where technology and the best and like the brightest, the mo- like, in you know, the best and the brightest yeah, it, it's kind of like ruling through technology, kind of. I, I dig it, because it would be, if it's the group mind, you know, the smartest would be the ultimate decision makers, yes? Where, like, yeah. all, all sources of, like, engineering, where if you're going to build something, like, you know what I mean? If you you have an idea, and you're like, I have an idea where we can grow our, you know, orc food, 
in mm-hmm. a really easy, super convenient way. I thought of it, and it's really it's fantastic using Fantasy Sun. It's amazing. You have to you got to talk to Terry because mm-hmm. Terry is head of engineering, head is head of technology. Well, and I love the idea that like they make this government right. They make mm-hmm. this society. I I kind of like the idea that they don't they kind of don't formalize anything. Let me explain. Yeah. I love the idea of this sort of society of ad hoc solutions coming into place. Okay. So it's everything because everything to this point has been kind of bolted together solutions of like, crap, we need to figure out a way to grow food in space. We build a solution for that. Now we need to figure out how to distribute that food. We come up with a solution. If it needs tweaking, it needs tweaking. Nothing is kind of set in stone. Yes. They simply have their traditions. They have their things that they do. What ends up happening? And I think Terry plays a role role in this. What ends up happening in their society is a lot like what happens if you ask Terry about, like, that flashlight. They have their traditions. They know the processes. And they know the weird quirks of them. You know, you shake that flashlight. Um... You shake the flashlight. So it's it's that, like, okay... This is what we define as a home. Like this is our home. This is this is a living space. This is this is this is where you live. Okay. We figure that out because and there's sort of it's kind of a separate system for everything because they're kind of they're I love the idea of it being a democracy by way of guesswork almost. I I think okay. What I'm getting from this vibe, Jeff, is like what we would consider as like a village. Like a, it's a small group of people working together to yeah. solve each other's problems using strengths that they have. There's no, there's no distribution of power. There's no concept of like power. It's mm-hmm. just people getting by and helping each other out in the way of like a true community. Yeah. Like it takes a village and they are actively not changing that. There's never like a power grab. There's no authority figure. It's just everybody is constantly helping each other to build something, to to have a better life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's sick. So Terry Gadget is just a really good fucking engineer that you call when you need something built or fixed. Yeah. And Terry spreads this knowledge down to everyone else, you know, but... Not but. And, you know, I'm sure there's an agricultural department. There's a this and that. Well, not really department. It's just a person who's really fucking good at it and shares that knowledge with other people in order to help each other. Yeah. I really like this idea because it sounds like a true, like, town, mm-hmm. but like a city of friends and, like, you know, they're they're helping each other out is the, to- is the top of this. Hmm. I really like this. I like this a lot. I'm into this a whole lot. I think it's great. And I love the – and I think that kind of, like – they don't have because they're making the rules, right? Yeah. This is the this is the generation that makes the rules. Maybe in a hundred years they will have formal documents and things of that nature. But right now it's just every step of the process is them saying, I need to figure out how to fix this. There's a problem that needs fixed. I just it kind of just hit me. That's beautiful because they're researchers and they're yeah. scientists and they're engineers that, of course, their entire approach to, like, build governing is, okay, there's an issue. How do we solve that issue? Yes, it's a it's a society founded by what is the problem? Let's understand it. Let's find the source of it. Let's find the cause, the symptom, the, you know, the mechanical flaw, and we will adjust it in order to make it better and usable. And I... Fuck, that is so dope! Okay, so, okay, so how do we bring, right now, Terry Gadget and the orcs into fantasy, you know, without something terrible? Right, so I have an idea about that. Terry has spent the last however many years... How old do you think she is? At this point, I kind of like the idea that she's a little older. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, middle-aged, honestly. Like, she's a... She's got some grays going. She's like, you know, I see a gray bun. She's been at it for a while. This has been her life. Oh, absolutely. She's been living basically on the move her entire life. Mm -hmm. Now suddenly there's a a place. The movement has stopped. But if that's how you spent your entire life, I don't think that necessarily... I think she gets wanderlust. Oh my god. I mean, of course. That's been our whole thing since Johnny Orko of like... 
orcs gaze to the stars, man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there, there is adventure in same thing with the halflings. Like halflings and orcs, I think have something in common in that way. Oh, yeah. Where it's about exploration and seeing what's new, like what's on the, her- because if you're floating on the water, right, and you're surrounded by water and you look toward the horizon, since the fucking dawn of civilization, people on earth have been looking to the horizon to say, what is out there? Yeah. And I think like she spent her entire life answering that question, even if she didn't fully realize it because there were other concerns. But, like, she's basically spent her entire adult life, like, exploring and seeing what's out there. Now, suddenly, like, just because she's landed and built this society, that doesn't mean that that impulse goes away. No. So I think that where, like, I think that where Terry's story ends for now is that, like, she builds this society, right? She builds the thing that will outlive her. She finishes, she helps finish this masterpiece of a world for these for her for her people yeah and then she looks to the horizon and says it's time to move and so she gathers up a new crew because i think maybe maybe it's been a long time <laughs> yeah i i i do i like the fact that you said she uh grabs another crew because this is, they are space explorers, Jeff. Yes. Like, so this like, is a research team deployed to basically find a new home world. And so what I'm picturing is, like, that I'm picturing that, like, the establishment of Orcus takes, like, generation, like, a two oh, generations, right? Fuck, God, yes, it's building an underwater and so, kingdom. Like, I, so, like, she is in her, like, 50s, 60s, or the Orc equivalent now, right? Okay. And that's when she gathers up a new crew of new faces and says, it's time to see what the world looks like out there. I love it. And just what? Takes off in a space, not a spacecraft, but like a watercraft, like a hoverboat? Yeah. I did not. Can it be jet skis? They can be jet skis. Yeah, it can be a series of jet skis. I love it. And heads toward the horizon to see. Mm-hmm. Because I think, okay, because also what I will say is in terms of like a fantasy setting, if this is an artificer. This is someone who's deeply in tune with magic. She knows it's out there. She knows that there are other ma- like sources of dense magic. Like I think you can feel it. You know, is it something that resonates with her, or something she just knows? You know, is that the sense of exploration? Is something tugging at her? That's just like I know there's something out there. I can yeah. I can literally feel it. I think so. Yeah, because there's something. I think there's it's there's something. There's a common thread, and she feels it that there is a connection between her and this world. And that she has to go in search of it. I'm going to pitch something. <laughs> I'm going to pitch something. And I want you to cut it. I want, I'm, it's probably going to get cut. It's okay. Get cut. All right. So she sets out on the horizon. This is, this, is my, this is my beat before we roll tables. Can you but, um, wait real quick? Something I want to do before this. Can you tell me what she dresses like? Yes. Um, what are you seeing? I am seeing... Definitely, I think their aesthetic is um, patchwork sci-fi jumpsuits. Oh fuck! Okay, somewhere in the somewhere in the in the ground between a jumpsuit, like a sci-fi jumpsuit, okay, like a Starfleet uniform, okay, and a wetsuit. Ooh, I dig this. So, like that same kind of like tight tunic look of the of the of the starfleet uniform yeah yeah but like slick and shiny like a wetsuit and and flexible and it moves with your skin and your body can i add a detail to it yeah there is a patch on her uh on her wet jumpsuit like a mechanic that just says gadget i love it yeah. can i add a further detail oh based fuck on you that can detail? as many as you want we never um, give physical descriptions of people what they wear anyway there are there's 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 a functional patch on hers that says gadget, but it is part of a larger aesthetic in some of in their outfits, which is like patchwork because Ooh. they've been stitching up these clothes for for years and years. So like and it eventually just becomes style, right? It eventually just becomes the look to like add decorate your jumpsuit. Yeah. Like, oh, that's good. So like, are they to the, are they to commemorate events? Like one will be like, remember the the star dance of last Thursday? Because I don't want to give a year, nineteen ninety seven. It becomes that. It definitely becomes that because, like, I think because because the tradition starts when they're literally like, oh, I ripped my, I ripped the, like the sleeve on my jumpsuit ripped. I have to put a patch on it 
Be- mm-hmm. And then eventually that becomes, I'm putting this patch on it because it ripped because I was fixing the solar shields. Yeah, and you want it to look cool. You know what I mean? You want it to look good. Oh, so if yeah, you're going to make sure. a patch, you want to, like, have it be... No, I love the... and I, Well, that's I, I love the idea that the commemorative part and the art of it, like, it's functional... And then they start adding art to it, right? It becomes yeah. it becomes commemorative because they're like, oh, I put a patch on my sleeve. Well, why don't I draw a little sun on it? And then it becomes – and then over time, it becomes like gener- – like it becomes its own art form. I love this decoration of your jumpsuit to show like really cool life experiences yeah. and memories. Oh. Okay. Does she wear glasses? She wears goggles. I was about to say, are they like Rex specs? On her forehead. Oh, I love that. Her hair is in a messy gray bun. Yep. And she rides off on her jet ski toward the horizon. Now, sorry, I had I had to interject that because I needed a mental picture. Now, hit me with the thing you think might get cut. Uh, uh, Aaron, can I pitch you something? Please. <laughs> so, um, the scene is after she is left. Something bubbles to the surf, like something comes floating and hits a habitation in Orcus. A tea or orc scientists pull it on board. It is this rusted hunk of metal. They stare at it for a long time. It's foreign. It's busted. It's weird. And they they like they hit a button on it. They hit it in just the right way, and suddenly. I would like to tell you the story of the Battle of Iron Hit 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 Hill. Four very confused orcs just stare at this thing. What uh what what is this? They they they, they then for the next like twelve hours, because these things are on a loop. <laughs> this thing tells it's part of the story of Iron Hill. They listen intently. They respond. They take in this probe, what is what is essentially a probe. They transform it into a probe of their own, and they send it out as like the like the satellite Voyager. Oh, you're so smart. They they fill it with their own stuff, their own history, their own music, their own culture, and they set it off afloat. And that, and where it lands, who knows? Let's roll on some tables. Let's roll on some motherfucking tables. Is there an artificer or a gadgeteer? Uh, there's. An, do you want to use the engineer background? Um, yeah, I do. All right, give me a D8 for a personality trait. D8 click eight. When excited, I tend to start speaking faster and tend to get a bit jittery. I, I love the idea that it's uh, excited about, I think, if, say, I were to talk to um, Terry Gadget about, like, oh, well, how does that robot work? It would fly off into this super excited, jargon-filled, would explain everything, every detail, using all mechanical engineering jargon oh, that I sure. don't understand, and just, like, really wants you to get this, but using advanced language that you have absolutely no idea, is way beyond your realm of comprehension. And, and she gets, like, just way, and she starts, like, acting, thi- like, pointing out specific things about this particular machine and its <laughs> history, and she's just going so 60 miles an hour and you're like i just need to know if i need to replace the battery is she an oversharer where if like say she liked someone she would be like okay i i I have had feelings for you and these feelings have been welling up inside of me since i was a little younger we met when i was about 35 but you know like you know is this someone who unfortunately overshares and gets a little jittery When she gets excited yeah she just kind of like lets things loose I can't help but tell you what's happening. I can't help, you know, I have to I have to have you understand exactly what's going on here. Yep. I love it. Give me a D6 for an ideal. Go! Five. Community. I invent to help myself, my Ugh. friends, my family, and people can do the same if they want inventions. That's so per... Oh, wait, what was the last part? I invent to help myself, my friends, and my family, and other people can do the same if they want inventions. If they want inventions? So if you if you want something built... It has to be for the for the greater good. Ooh, that I really fucking that's what jumped out at me because you know we we will not build that unless it is for everyone. Okay, so what that makes me think of is that 
she is a, a she's not a selfish individual. Right. That everything she's ever built has been for everyone. If everyone can't have a high-tech water speeder, she will not have a high-tech water speeder. I like that. She wants she thinks that inventions and technology is for everyone to enjoy and help them thrive, not just one person. Yeah. I love that. It's for the betterment of all of everyone, not just herself. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Roll me a D6 for a bond. Hell yeah. Four. My old workshop is now in ruins due to an accident, and I will never make that mistake again. That's inter- I like that. I'm that thing that's okay. interesting. What do you think about that? Is that Orcus or is that on the plant? Or is that on the uh, that's on, on the, the flotilla. flotilla? Okay. I think that she just, like, I think there was an accident in the early days on the spaceship, and she, like, dead, like, destroyed her lab, basically, trying to figure out, basically, like, how, trying to figure out the, 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 how to transform the, like, small amount of food that they had into a, a sustainable farm situation. She just, like, her lab blew up. I dig it. And that's, and so now she's kind of like, I need, she, she was acting recklessly, and it kind of informs her need to hyper understand things. She knows a lot about bas- what magic is, but maybe on fantasy it's just denser. The concentration mm-hmm. is different, and so she has to. She can't. She knew she couldn't just apply her old tricks of engineering on this new place. That she would have to learn. You know, this was a place where she would have to learn some new things and not just rely on what she knew. Roll me a d six for a flaw. Five. Explosions are adorable. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, I guess. <laughs> what? No! Wait, 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 wait. Okay, what do you think that means? I really? think that she enjoys watching things blow up. Like, because there's a half of science that is, like, enjoying the... I think there's a part... Of, I think a part of science to her is enjoying the chaos, right? Yes. Like, if I if I finagle... If I, fi- if I cross these wires, what will happen? So she crosses the wires, it explodes, and she goes, well, that was neat. Do you think it's in a literal sense where it's literally, she says adorable? Are explosions like, do they give her like a sense of giddy glee? Like a literal explosion is like, yes! Maybe not, well, I think yes and no. Okay. Yes, I think it's, I think it's literal explosions, but it's also like when things go wrong, it's kind of fun. Yes, because I'm thinking in the early days they're developing like some kind of propulsion system that'll go under the water and it kind of, you know, picture 10 orcs, you know, kind of swimming underwater and they're testing this thing and it goes poof and sends out like a huge shockwave as everyone is like, no, she's like, oh, that was amazing. She is a bit of a thrill seeker too. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the excitement of the possibility of something that might go wrong is something that is the a, a a point of fun and invention that if something goes wrong we assess it we enjoy it we enjoy every step of creation we don't just enjoy the success but we take the failures enjoy them and learn from them I love it cool I think that's a wrap that is a wrap on Terry Gadget and the entire orc flotilla that is now in fantasy we can make orcs now that's gonna be fun I can't wait there's such a cool there's such a cool society. God, hold on. Let me get the prompt back out. So thank you so much to uh, Twitter user Dharma Punks for your prompts and a dystopic cityscape. A half-orc artificer monitors the arcane tech that keeps things afloat. It was an amazing prompt. When it's, it comes from when we asked, when we asked for people to give us like occupations, uh, and to twist their lives into like what you do as a day job into some sort of fantasy setting. The responses were just, honestly, I found them to be so beautiful. They were really, really beautiful. Uh, it, cause it, it means so much to me that, you know, uh, oftentimes it's, it is celebrating victories and not sometimes the day job and, is seen as like the means or like the low point. But it was cool to see it twisted in a way that might be enjoyable or might be more exciting. It's something that I really, I couldn't have been happier with how that came out. And I I thank everyone who sent pro- these prompts and for all of everybody who sends every other prompt. These are amazing. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, there's a ton of ways to do it. There sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. You can also use the hashtag fantasy children. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can also email us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com, or you can post it to our Discord, the link to which is pinned to our Twitter. 
And you can also use uh, allmyfantasychildren.com. We made a prompt submitter that you can just spam them right away, and they go right to us. There's a prompt submission form right on the page, including all our emails, a link to our Patreon. But yeah, you can send prompts through there now, too. Yay! And speaking of our Patreon, uh, if you would like to support All My Fantasy Children, if you love the message that we bring and all that fun stuff, and you have the means to give monetarily... You can do that, and it gives you fun rewards, access to bonus content, and, you know, shows us that you, you know, are down to support what we're about. Mm-hmm. Are there any other ways that they can do that, Jeff? Uh, you can leave us a nice review on iTunes, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. Unless you've already said that, I'd space out for a second. I did not. I did not. Okay, <laughs> okay good, because I spaced out for a second, and I wasn't sure which thing you hit. But yeah, um, any of those things, like, just give us a shout, and those things really help new people find the show, which helps us grow and do bigger, better, and cooler things. Yes. Uh, if you like Jeff, Jeff has a second podcast. It's good. It's all right. Uh, Party of One <laughs> is an actual play right. uh, RPG podcast focused on two-player role-playing games. Every week, I sit down with guests one-on-one, and we play through a variety of games designed for two and games that we've hacked into a two-player format. That can be found at partyofonepodcast.com. A verbal hug this week. I got one. When things get tough, sometimes, like, it can be easy to not know what you're supposed to do, but sometimes, like, the best thing that you can do, or one of the best things you can do is just be there for the people around you, you know? Like, lift up the people you can, lighten the load where you can, brighten the world in the ways that you can, and help those that can do things differently. Your contribution might not feel like much sometimes, it can be easy to say, like, why can't I do more or, sh- or feel like you should be doing more? But sometimes the little things you do that you don't even realize you do have a much larger impact than you realize. If you shine your light on someone, right, it may not seem like that bright or grandiose of a gesture to you. It might be just a little flicker. But when it reflects onto that person, it may bend a little differently and really turn into a bright, glorious beam of joy and really change, like, you know, it just might change their entire day it might change their life so just make sure that you're you're doing good out there um make sure that you're a force for good mm-hmm. in everything that you do friend of the show taylor labreche on twitter uh i was we were, i was having a conversation uh whose birthday is october 19th by the way happy birthday taylor uh you might not hear this before your birthday but happy birthday <laughs> Well, happy birthday, Taylor. Uh, Taylor, uh, this, I was reminded by this having a conversation with Taylor who said that uh, sometimes our efforts to brighten the world go unnoticed by ourselves but very noticed by others. And I think that's a valuable thing to keep in mind that, like, you might not realize the ways that you are helping. Yeah. And sometimes it's worth it to take a step back and say, like, to, and look for the ways that you might be helping and how to lean into those. That was lovely. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Yep. And until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game.